Welcome back to another episode of Two Guys, One Plant Podcast, the weekly podcast where we deep dive into a whole range of different uh, vegetables, fruits, and plants. We talk about the history. We talk about nutrition and medicinal benefits of it. We also talk about how to grow it for yourself um, and how to store it once you've grown it. And then we talk about cooking and the best ways to cook with these particular vegetables, what to pair them with, how to get the most benefit nutritionally when you start cooking it. Um, my name is Simon Hall. And I'm Tim Aikerman. And together we are <laughs> sorry, Captain Planet. Oh, wait. That's, That's the other podcast. <laughs> Captain Podcast. <laughs> That's what we are. Uh, look, it's good to be back for another week, mate. It yep. is, absolutely. Um, again, we're doing this over Skype again this week just because um, there seems to be more cases outbreaking with uh, COVID. Uh, Once again, the good old protests. Yes, um, very much needed. But I mean, I I think we all knew that this was going to happen, um, that that there would be more cases that came out of this. I just hope that um, the message is getting across and also something can be done about it. And, you know, COVID's just a, a byproduct of that. I would assume that people should just stay home if they're feeling sick. But, you know. It's kind of like a two-pronged thing, you know. There's a there's a need for protesting about this, um, but you know, sensibility should be sort of at the forefront when mm. you're feeling unwell. Yep. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't really want to talk about that too much today. I feel no. like we should just get straight into this. Yeah, because, just keep it light and casual. Yeah. yeah. Plus, we have a massive topic to talk about today garlic garlic is the the topic of choice That's yes it. Yep. um and it is full on from what <laughs> i was doing in my research would I'm normally sure normally when that. we do a when we do a um a plant it's it's one or the other it's, it's like the history is light but there's heaps of nutrition or the nutrition's light and there's heaps of history but this one is just jam-packed yeah, jam-packed yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's just so much information about and, – and we could – I mean, we could probably do this podcast three times over and mm. still not cover everything we need to when it comes to garlic. So I guess from the outset we should really be saying we're only going to cover a few topics. It's by no means – everything there is to know about garlic. Um, I think probably one of the most notable exclusions that we're going to have today is the FODMAP side of, of garlic. I just, we just don't have enough time for all of that, even though that's a part I'm quite interested in. Mm. Um, I think we may do a separate episode just on some FODMAP things. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. Which would be fun. But Mm. um, yeah, there's just, there's just so much information for garlic. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's impressive how much yeah. information there is. You've got a massive history, don't you? Because I I saw touches of it through researching yes. for medicinal. Um, yeah, so it's, I'm assuming it's, it's pretty broad, very yeah. extensive, uh, lots to cover. But I think we can get through it in a reasonable time frame. Mm-hmm. As long as I don't keep uh, just tying it up with this meaningless waffle that I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> 
So let's not delay. Let's get into the fun facts. Have yeah. you got some facts today? Yeah, I kept it pretty light on the facts because I knew there was lots of history. Okay. But uh, do you want me to start? Well, I've got a few, but you start. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, did you know you can use garlic to make glue? Oh, no. You didn't see that one. Good. No. I was trying to find ones that I don't think you're going to get. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. So the sticky juice that's in the garlic cloves yep. um, can be used as an adhesive. So um, I read somewhere that you can, if you've got small cracks in glass, you can kind of rub the garlic juice on the crack and it'll seal up the, the little cracks in your glass. But you just kind of crush it up and get the, the sticky juice out. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good bonding agent. Wow. I mean, have you noticed when you cut garlic, your fingers get a bit sticky? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I didn't think sticky enough to mend glass, but, you know. Yeah, well, there's mending <laughs> There's mending, and then there's filling the crack. So would you call it mended? <laughs> there's mending and there's filling the crack. I would call it, okay. I would call it covered up, not mended. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we're going off on a slight tangent yeah, here. But anyway, time, okay. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> lipstick, so feel the crack. <laughs> That's a good uh, name. Okay, uh, I've got one for you. Yeah, All right. You Did you know that the heaviest head of bo- – I, I, I really love these Guinness World Record things, so I keep finding yep. these about this. The heaviest head of garlic, so the bulb, mm. was 1.19 kilos. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah, that is heavy. Yeah, I think uh, a normal clove is like 15 grams, yeah, like a clove, like not a bulb. Yeah. yeah, so a bulb you're probably looking at, I don't know, uh, less there's, there's about like 15 cloves in a in a, in yeah, a bulb. Okay. Yeah. So you're looking at maybe 200 grams. Yeah. yeah. So it's six times what a normal uh, what a normal bulb looks like. Amazing. Uh, grown in the USA. Uh, by a guy called Robert Kirkpatrick of they Eureka in do it California. All big over there, don't they? Everything's yeah. big over there. Yes, yeah. California. California. Yes. Massive in 1985. Yep. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. All right. Uh, did you know that garlic can ward off mosquitoes? Oh, no, I did not know that. This actually, I'm skipping into my other stuff a bit, but this actually plays into the whole vampire theory. Ooh, yeah. I'm looking forward to the vampire stuff. Well, right, look, That's... I'm only doing a real little bit, but it's meant to be That's where right. the where the theory came from. Yeah, yep. cool. Yep. Oh, I like that. All right, I've got one for you. Ready? Yep. Uh, did you know there are some people who are actually very afraid of garlic? Oh, there's a name for it. I read it. Yes, there is. It's yeah. a, so it's a phobia. And the yeah. technical ter- term is aluminum phobia. Interesting. Allumium phobia. Yeah. And phobia. I think that plays into the botanical name, allium. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. maybe it's allium phobia. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Probably. Maybe. Uh, or maybe it's um, aluminum phobia. Yeah, yeah. aluminum. Yeah. <laughs> it's a phobia of aluminium. Anyway. <laughs> aluminum, Simon. Yeah. Mum, please don't tell me that I got that wrong in my pronunciation. Yeah, okay. Simon, Simon's been getting in trouble for yeah, not pronouncing things well. <laughs> I think it adds to the overall charm. So do I. <laughs> I'm charmingly stupid when it comes to pronunciation. Um, when it comes to pronun- pronunciation, mm. I should say. Um, English, okay. that's impossible. <laughs> do you have another one? 
Yeah, one more for me. Okay. Uh, did you know there's a, in the US there's a National Garlic Day? Mm, I did read this. Yeah, April the 19th. That's it. That's nice. Uh, I don't think I, it's got any significance, the actual day, but, you know, it's good. That no, but I, I feel like we should have that everywhere, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Yep. A bit of garlic bread on that day. That's a Ooh, nice garlic bread. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. I got something for you. Uh, so you know when you get the smell of garlic on your fingers? Mm. Do you know there's a simple trick to get rid of it? I have read a few things, but yep. Oh, okay. So the one I've read is you basically put your fingers underneath cold water and then get a stainless steel object. You just rub your fingers on the stainless steel object and it takes the smell away. Yeah. You can use lemon juice as well. Yeah, but then your hands smell like lemon. Yeah, that's nice. Well, that is very much your opinion. It's the same as... um, Quite acidic. Restaurants restaurants used to serve um, water with some lemon wedges in it. Like if you you ordered crabs or something and you had to shell crabs and you get the fishy smell off your hands. It's the same thing. Then your hands smell like lemon. No, no, no. It's it's diluted in water, mate. Anyway, that's terrible. I don't like that. Okay. Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I've got another one for you. Um, In World War II, Mm. I don't know if you read about this, but garlic was given a nickname. Mm. Oh, are you covering this? Are you covering this in your history? Uh, What was it? Russian penicillin. Yeah. Are you covering this? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Okay. Don't. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Then you can talk about it. Yeah. Okay, Uh, i got one more fact before we get stuck into your history. Mm -hmm. So this plays into, and we covered this off when we talked about onion. Yes. All right. There's a lot of crossover, actually. Yeah, well, they're both part of the same family, so Mm -hmm. it kind of works into it. But did you know that there are some Buddhist traditions in which garlic plus the other five pungent spices are thought to be stimulants of aggressive behavior and sexual desires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why eating it is forbidden. Yeah, I'm going to so, talk about that. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, man. I'm covering up too much here. Uh, no, uh, no, it's all good. Hey, look, well, most of my history has got to do with medicinal uses, so we're yeah, going to cross okay. over. Yeah. That's fine. I also read somewhere that um, I think uh, for Muslims, they're not allowed to go to pray when they've just eaten garlic as well. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff when it comes to religion and and garlic. Yeah. Mm. yeah, very interesting. Okay, well then that's me, man. That's it. We're done. Oh, cool. The, awesome. fun, the fun facts are out of the way. Yeah, transport me back, man. Let me take you back to a land that twas. <laughs> uh, I'm yep. very excited. Yeah. you should be. You should I'm be. I'm less please. excited about the use of twas. Oh man. That's the first time I've been able to use that in I don't know how long. Since Christmas? Since ever, really. (laughs) Everyone says twas the night before Christmas. I know, but that's in a book. I used it in my own sentence. (laughs) Wow, man. Yeah. Are you just looking for accolades today? Is Mm. that what this is? I'm in need of praise. Well done, Tim. (laughs) You're so cool, man. Your vocabulary is off the chart. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Mm. And your pronunciation's so good. Yep. Yep. History of garlic. Mm. So, 
most scholars agree that garlic has been used as a medicinal plant and food source for over 7,000 years. So mm. quite a quite a long history. It's, I mean, we talked about it being similar to onion. The, the timelines are almost identical, and we did touch on it. They do it, – it's – Garlic and onion are a member of the same family, yeah. um, and uh, it's also leeks, chives, and shallots as well. So they're all kind of part of that same family group. The pungent spices. That's it. That's it. Mm. Um, so the the evidence exists that garlic originated from the uh, Allium longus cuspis. Got that one right? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't appear in the wild on its own, so it's originated from this Allium longus cuspis, right? So, okay. um, this plant is thought to have evolved over millennia and kind of getting to the form of garlic, which is Allium savitum, sav, sativum, Allium sativum, right? Sativum bustic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, so this this mutation. There's a lot of different schools of thought here, but it's it's thought, and again, if you listen to the onion one, almost identical what I'm about to say, but somewhere in Asia, um, some think Central Asia, it could be West China around the Tian Shan Mountains or all the way to Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan. So it could be Asia, Europe side or Asia, Asia side, you know, anywhere in that thing. Okay. But um, uh Sorry, I just turned <laughs> I just turned Siri on. <laughs> Hi Siri. The uh, Chinese mountains are situated <laughs> in eastern China. <laughs> yeah. But uh for all the garlic aficionados out there, we mm. could the history aficionados, we could open up a can of worms here uh because there are some very differing opinions on where garlic originated. Mm. Some are saying the Sumerians, which kind of plays into the Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, you know, you're talking Mesopotamia, that region, like Middle East type region. Yep. Um, then you've obviously got the the Chinese philosophy as well that it originated in China. Um, but the Sumerians have got a record of it between 2600 and 2100 BC, and, and they were actively using garlic and their healing qualities. Um and it's thought that they brought garlic to China and then later spread to Japan or Korea. But other historians are saying that it originated in China um, and it was identified by the ancient Indians who domesticated it about 6,000 years ago as well. Wow. All of that said that you've got India, as in when I say ancient Indians, I mean India, and then you've got China and you've got Sumerians or, you know, th that area, all talking about around the same time. So, you know, it could be reasonable to suspect that maybe it existed in multiple locations uh, yeah. and wasn't necessarily kind of sh shuffled around like other we've seen other things, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the really interesting thing is, is that garlic is actually mentioned in the literature of all the great ancient world kingdom. So when I say that, I'm talking ancient China, ancient Japan, ancient India, ancient Egypt, um, the biblical, or it's mentioned in the Bible, so biblical times, ancient Greece, ancient Rome, uh, it's mentioned right through the Middle Ages, and then we come forward, Renaissance, and then contemporary time type thing. So it's it's mentioned right through everything, yeah, wow. in every kingdom, and it's, uh, it's pretty amazing, right? So I'm going to go through each of those categories that I just talked about. Normally, <laughs> Normally, when we do history, we try and chronological, 
Yes. Um, but I'm going to go through each, so ancient China, ancient India, and That's then as fine. we as we get to the end, it'll be, you know, Middle Ages, Renaissance, Contemporary, so I'll get to that Ooh. chronological towards okay. the end. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit different, right? Yeah, I like different. Uh, so from about 2700 BC, uh, we're talking about ancient China now, and I'll touch on Japan in here as well. From about 2700 BC, garlic was one of the most used remedies. Um, it was actually placed into the yang of the yin and yang concept. Um, and in ancient Chinese medicine, garlic was prescribed to aid uh, respiration, digestion, diarrhea, and worm infestation. Uh, evidence, <laughs> yeah. Now that's opening a can of worms. <laughs> uh, good one. Uh, evidence. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Evidence also suggests uh, that garlic was used to treat sadness and depression. Uh, Chinese medicine has historically been associated with the use of combinations, so in, in tonics and that sort of thing, rather than just, you know, just giving garlic or just giving whatever, they'd make a tonic and would give it to someone. Mm. Um, and uh, garlic was frequently used in combination therapy for fatigue, headaches, insomnia. Um, there's also indications that garlic was used to improve uh, male potency, and Chinese doctors prescribed garlic for men with intimacy problems. Mm. And then to just to really briefly touch on what you said before, um, in Japan, garlic was used for similar things but uh, was completely removed from um, the Buddhist tradition because of what you said, into, you know, with the stimulating effects and, yeah. and, you know, the thought that it was an aphrodisiac and those sorts of things. So it was stricken from, from the Buddhist religion. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, if we go over to ancient India, uh, garlic there was associated with uh, the healing process from the time of their first written records. Um, there are three ancient medical traditions. One's called Tibi, one's called Unani, and the other one's the Ayurvedic, which we've touched on before. Yes. Ayurvedic is a, a real traditional Indian medicine. Uh, the Ayurvedic uh, made extensive use of garlic as a central part of the healing efficacy of plants um, and there's a, a a medical text out of India called the Chakra Samhita uh, quite well known uh, it recommends garlic for the treatment of heart disease and arthritis so you know we're talking 2000 years ago this this text was written plus yeah, you know wow. China we were talking 2600 BC and now talking about similar things as well yeah, wow. um, and then uh, as we go forward in time about 300 AD there was another manuscript uh, that advanced the use of garlic for infections, infestations, and worms. So, again, worms, weakness, fatigue, digestive disturbances. Uh, this, this particular text was actually bought by a, a British army officer called Hamilton Bower um, in the late 19th century who then made this publicly available to scholars to actually research and, and have a look at it. So uh, really interesting in the in Indian culture as well. Uh, and then we go on to ancient Egypt. Mm. And this one's, this one's quite long. Um, so it was worshipped by the Egyptians as a god and used as local currency. Now, I remember talking about onions. Ooh. We mentioned that they were also used as currency. People could pay rent and that sort of thing with, with onions. So yeah. garlic, garlic, very similar. And avocados. Yeah. Uh, mm. clay, clay garlic bulbs were placed in Egyptian tombs. 
and archaeologists discovered um, clay sculptures of garlic bowls dating back as far as 3700 BC. Um, Illustrations of garlic were found in crypts from 3200 BC. And the one thing is that archaeologists are not 100% sure why they put the the clay bulbs uh, into them, but they thought that it was for funds for the afterlife or maybe to appease the gods or, you know, something like that. Um, When you say clay bulbs... Yeah, they've like made made them out of clay or carved. Okay, not carved because you just form the clay and yeah, make yeah. make it. Into so it's like pottery. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Tutankhamun's tomb, which was uh, excavated in 1922, uh, they found um, uh, cloves of garlic in his tomb, and the garlic. So um, that was really interesting because they actually found. Actual cloves, not clay cloves, actual cloves of garlic in his tomb. Now, I'm wondering, I didn't find anything on this, but, you know, there's quite extensive literature, especially in ancient Egypt, but all through history, about what garlic could be used for. And there's, um, you know, there's different schools of thought about why Tutankhamun died at such a young age. Yeah. Maybe they were using garlic to try and keep him alive or help him or I don't know. But, Mm. um Interesting that they use garlic there as well. Yeah. So on top well, of... I would say that they failed if they were just putting it in his tomb. Yeah, it didn't work, did it? Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it was to make sure he wasn't sick in the afterlife. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Maybe he had a cold. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, so outside of, you know, uh, tombs and gods and worshipping and that sort of thing, garlic was actually used to pay and feed workers and slaves on the Great Pyramids. Mm. Um, I found this particularly interested. It was so popular with the people, uh, well, the slaves or workers, whatever you want to call them, who worked on the pyramids that garlic shortages would cause work stoppages. Whoa. And, yeah, it's funny to think about, right? And there's a there was a garlic crop failure that happened uh, due to the Nile flooding and it caused one of only two recorded Egyptian slave result, revolts. So oh, the slaves really? revolted because the garlic was gone. <laughs> I mean, I get that, man. Mm. I really do. If someone told me that there was no more garlic, I'd yeah. be I'd be revolted as well. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> Love me some garlic. Yeah. Um, That's so cool. So the thought there is, is that the garlic was actually given to these the, the workforce um, to increase strength and yep. stamina, um, obviously enabling them to work work longer and be more productive. Mm. Mm. Um, there was an old Greek historian, we've mentioned him before, Herodotus. Uh, he wrote, and this is about ancient Egypt, that there were inscriptions on the plates of Egyptian pyramids that tell us how much the builders used um, the garlic for. So they... You know, they're tallying up their usage of garlic. Mm. And this one inscription says 1,600 talents of silver were spent. Uh, So 1,600 talents, according to what I saw, equates to approximately $30 million. What? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the duration of the period of construction. (laughs) But $30 million on garlic. (laughs) Wow. What an allocation. Yeah, so it was. It was actually thought that it was an irreplaceable nutritional supplement. That yeah. was, you know, very important for the workers to get the garlic. Yep. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, 
thirty million dollars on garlic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over well, how long did the pyramids take to build? Oh, I can't. I can't remember. I don't know. I'm not even going to guess because I'll get it wrong. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it's like many, many years though. Yeah, decades. I yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess it's not that much, but still, that's a lot of garlic. Mm, mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Oh, well, I don't know how many thousands of slaves there were, so maybe it's not that much in context of the number of people. Well, no, you're talking about shortages and, like, people stopping work because of it. I would say that there would be a daily dose that they would be getting. Probably, yeah. Absolutely. Rash, has rations of garlic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Two cloves for you, one clove for me. That's no. it. <laughs> oh, it's all the way around, isn't it? <laughs> Anyway, go on. <laughs> Too close. <laughs> you're so you're so generous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, wait, I'm doing this wrong. It's yep. two for me, one for you. Anyway, yep, go yep, on. Yep. Um, so there's a, a medical text of the era called uh, the Codex Ebers, and uh, several of the treatments in this codex authorised the use of garlic. Um, one of the earliest sources indicated that, uh, that there was a prescription for garlic for the treatment of abnormal growths, so, you know, like um, tumour growth and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it also prescribed garlic for uh, circulatory ailments, uh, infestation, so, again, worms, insects, parasites, that sort of thing. Uh, and it also, oh, in total, it listed about 32 um, different illnesses that you could use garlic on. And so that I mean, thirty-two. Just it's crazy how much how much um, these guys could research. And I say knew what to do, whether whether they were effective for what they were treating them on. But you got to give mm. them credit for at least trying. Yeah, well, it's even more remarkable when I know nutritionally and medicinally, like currently, what is yeah. happening. Yeah, and the fact that they were using it for all of these things way back. I'm always really fascinated with the history when they didn't have sophisticated scientific methods of mm. of analysis. Yeah. They essentially could just do large focus groups, let's be honest. You know, yeah, that's and right. Just, yeah. And like big test broad out, scale human trials. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Clinical trials that were really just observational trials. Yeah. I think mm. at the end of the day, they they found that it worked, but um, I don't know that they fully understood how it worked. We, yeah. I, I I realized this when we did oranges and scurvy. Mm. They they found out that oranges um, cured and prevented scurvy, mm -hmm. but the actual reason why wasn't discovered till centuries later. So yeah. they didn't know how it was working. They just knew it was working. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that was I, quite quite intriguing. Yeah, yeah, mm. um, yeah. So. Uh, the, the big thing about ancient Egypt was that it was uh, of great significance to other civilizations around it, uh, like the um, Israelis, the Babylonians and the Persians and, you know, uh, a lot of other kind of desert or semi-desert people right around them. And they all got this information and regularly used garlic. Uh, and because of this, that implication was felt later through the Middle, Middle Ages and so on. So it kind of started to propagate out of this kind of central Egypt region. Yeah, wow. And, you know, kind of keeping in with the Egypt topic, if we look at the biblical references of garlic, the mm -hmm. again, the, the Bible talks about the Jewish slaves in Egypt being fed garlic and other allium vegetables, so obviously garlic, onion, whatever else, you know, shallots, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And this was to give them strength and increase their productivity, like we discussed. Um, 
and they did this because they believed that it was doing that for the indigenous Egyptians as well. So it wasn't just that they they trialed it on the Jewish slaves. That mm. the thought was that it was working for them. So why not? Yeah. Um, and it was thought that the Jewish people kind of developed a fondness for it because uh, when they left from Egypt, Egypt with Moses, it was written that, uh, and I quote this from the Bible, that it was written that they missed the fish, the cucumbers, and the melons, and the leeks, and the onion, and the garlic. So that was from Numbers. Uh, so it's yeah, directly referenced that they they actually missed missed yeah. garlic. Um, also, a, a Jewish religious text called the the Talmud. Uh, dates around second century AD. Mm -hmm. It describes mm -hmm. uh, patterns of behavior, including consumption of garlic for the treatment of, again, infection with parasites and other disorders. Uh, it was also recommended uh, to promote relations among married couples mm -hmm. uh, and also to aid in procreation. Um, the Talmud also prescribes to have a meal with garlic every Friday. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, so uh, that's interesting. Uh, the ancient Israelis also made use of garlic as a, a starvation stimulator, blood pressure enhancer, uh, body heater, and parasite killer. Wow. So, again, we've got um, this, this parasite theme coming through, worms, yeah. that sort of thing, yep. lot to do with blood. Yes. Uh, yeah, lots of, lots of common themes coming through. Yeah, and it's sort of common through different civilizations, yeah, yeah, which they, I'm finding quite you, interesting. You'll hear they all they all um, it's very common for the parasite thing, and then they've all got kind of other 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 things that they've discovered along the way. Yeah. yeah wow. So if we move into ancient Greece, mm -hmm. uh, excavations of ancient Greek temples uh, unearthed garlic, uh, the palace of Knossos in Crete, dating back between 1400 and 1800 BC. Uh, actually contained well-preserved garlic. Mm. Uh, so um, in garlic, uh, in garlic, in Greek culture, garlic was associated with strength and work capacity, so very similar to the Egyptian belief, and that was probably transported out of the Egyptian region into the Mediterranean and that sort of thing. So the same, the same understanding. Uh, garlic also started to become a really important part of their military diet, so it became. Um, we talk about rations. It became rationed out to the, the troops uh, when they were sent off to battle. And, uh, again, it was stamina and, and work capacity and all those other things that we've already discussed. Mm. Uh, interesting thing I came across is uh, back in ancient Greece times that uh, people who had eaten garlic were actually forbidden entry into temples and they had to pass a sniff test. So <laughs> It's kind of like a breath test. Yeah, <clears throat> nice. You weren't allowed in if you had garlic breath, and yep. if you if you did have garlic breath, you were they were called rank roses. Oh wow! Yeah, there so you go. Uh, no garlic. They wouldn't breath. just uh, shove a bit of lemon in their mouth, clear that up. I don't know. We haven't done lemons yet. Did they exist then? Well, there are citrus. And we spoke about citruses coming from one genealogical sort in of China. Yeah. yeah. But then it's not uh, unlikely to say that lemons were around back in those times. Mm. I think the the fact that w that preservation, like preserved lemons, are such a big thing in cultures, would suggest that it has a long history. 
Yeah, definitely. Preserving lemons is a big thing, right? It is, yeah. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if that lines up when we learn about, when mm. we learn about lemons. Yep. People tricking the Greek temples, mm. Mm. smashing that garlic and then jumping into the temple. <laughs> yeah. In ancient Greece, obviously, that was the birth of the Olympics. Uh, so during the earliest Olympics, uh, garlic was actually fed to the athletes before they competed. And it's actually thought to be one of the first so-called uh, performance-enhancing drugs in competitive athletics. Wow. Performance-enhancing <laughs> drugs. Yeah. I love yeah. that. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they got to ban that in the AFL and the NRL, hey? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no more garlic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Uh, so according to uh, Theophrastus, so he's he's he existed from around 370 to 285 BC. The Greeks actually offered gifts to the gods consisting of garlic bulbs, uh, and they used to lay them out on the main crossroads. Um, so you have obviously you know gifts gifts up to the gods and that sort of thing. Cool. And then uh, Hippocrates, he's the father of modern medicine, between and he's his era is 459 to 370 BC. Uh, he mentioned garlic as a remedy against intestine parasites, uh, a laxative, a diuretic, uh, and advocating its use for uh, pulmonary complaints as well. Hmm. And uh, Dioscordes, between 40 and 90 AD, he also recommended garlic as a remedy for colic relief, uh, antithelminic, I don't know what that word is, uh, for regulating, so it's, and for regulating the menstruation cycle against uh, seasickness, which is a weird thing, weird combination. It's really weird. I mean, weird for us, but I guess seasickness for them, a lot of people would probably spend long times on boats and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, so. I guess so. Yeah. Um, so this guy, Dias Gordy's also recommended garlic uh, as a remedy against snake bites. And for that purpose, they drank a mixture of garlic and wine. Uh, mm. Also used uh, yeah, against. That sounds uh, horrible, by the way. Oh, garlic does, wine. Garlic wine. Oh my mm. god. Mmm, garlic Fuck. wine. <laughs> oh. I mean, garlic bread and wine. <laughs> yeah, but. Oh, anyway, yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get past that. <laughs> I know. Sounds uh, so, also a remedy against mad dog's bite. Uh, and this is where the garlic would be applied directly to the wound. And um, uh, because of these things, the, the, the Greeks uh, called, well, they gave it a name and it, they called it snake grass. And, um, oh. Yeah. Weird, weird. But, the, yeah, because it was used for snake bites and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And mad dogs. Mad dog. <laughs> I didn't look up mad dog, but I assume it's some sort of... Um, um, what do you call it? Rabies or something? Oh, I thought it was just like like a real, like mad cow disease. Real cool, guy an angry who dog. Rode motorbikes. <laughs> it was just a mad dog. <laughs> <laughs> yep, go on. Yep. Uh, okay, so that sums up uh, ancient Greece. Oh, that was yep. good. Let's move on to ancient Rome. Mmm. Yeah, so again, the Romans perceived garlic as an aid to strengthen endurance. 
uh, and they they also fed it to the soldiers and the sailors. Uh, it was actually part of a ship's manifest when it set out to sea, so it was oh, it was wow. a, re- a requirement to have on board. And uh, the same bloke from the ancient Greece, Dioscortes, uh, he also recommended uh, garlic because it it cleans the arteries. Now this is specifically notable because um, the the circulation of blood had not been discovered at this point in time um and it was a couple hundred years later so he you know he's talking about cleaning the arteries but they hadn't really discovered the whole concept of circulating blood and um i did read somewhere that they thought i think it was they thought arteries pumped air around the body not blood (laughs) yeah and that's that's cool yeah um well essentially they are pumping air around the body yeah it's attached to the blood cells yeah that's right so they're not completely wrong no they're not completely right either (laughs) but um it's Um, interesting how do you think that they kind of figured that out with the arteries surely they would have to have like opened somebody up to yeah i think there was a lot of uh, dissecting of people and yeah people that ate a lot of garlic versus people that didn't eat a lot of garlic and they'd look at the arteries and just see like what that looks like Possible, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, interesting. Um, they also recommended garlic for gastrointestinal disorders, uh, treatment of animal bites, again, uh, alleviation of joint disease and seizures. So we can see the same themes coming through and then slowly getting expanded to other other things. Areas, yeah. Yeah. The medicine in Rome was greatly influenced by the writings of Pliny the Elder. I think I brought him up in the Onion episode. Pliny, yep. Pliny old Pliny. Yep, I remember uh, him. Pliny the Elder lists 23 uses for garlic um, for a variety of disorders, things like um, protection against, against toxins and infections um, and other other things that we've already covered, like parasites and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, Another person called uh, Vigilius mentioned the usage of uh, the squash juice from a garlic mixed with uh, wild thyme. Um, And what he wrote was that the mowers, so people that that mowed the grass, they should lubricate their body in this kind of, excuse me, garlic thyme juice. And it would uh, ward off the snakes so they wouldn't get bitten by a snake. Wow. So not That's only cool. they're saying not only is it used to treat snake bites, but they could potentially not get bitten in the first place by being covering themselves in garlic and thyme oil. Yeah, yeah, it's about yeah. time they found out about that. <laughs> you had to. You just mm. had to. Yeah. Well, I mean, we discuss thyme in great detail, and it has a lot of medicinal benefits as well. So yeah. I'm assuming that you know yeah. that definitely played into that concoction of the. Mm. of the garlic and thyme that's really cool yeah uh this one i found particularly interesting there's a, a bloke called uh, ashurbanipal and he was the last great tsar of assyria so around assyria assyria is around babylon and you know it's in mesopotamia yeah so between 669 and 631 bc uh he was uh, hiding clay plates uh, on which there were writings of di- um, diverse writings about the evidence of of life, customs, and rituals of you know, the Babylonian and Assyrian worlds. Uh, 
He had about 10,000 volumes of this clay library. I'm really trying to picture what it looked like, but like clay tablets, I assume, with, with yeah. engravings on them. Oh but um, there were whole volumes dedicated to medicinal plants. Um, but in the first Assyrian book of medicinal plants, garlic was actually given a, a special place. Uh, so it was the first volume of the medicinal side of it that they wow. talk about garlic. So um, quite quite important in, in yeah. all of these cultures. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's really cool. I didn't realize that. Um, like, it kind of makes sense that clay tablets were done, but like when you talk about ten thousand like volumes of of clay tablets that yeah. people wrote on, uh, just like preservation of knowledge, right? I know, it's, like it's incredible. History. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, wow. But so fragile as well, and exactly. Um, not only fragile, but it would not. It would not survive aging, even if it sat in a. I, I don't think clay would quite survive, you know, the harsh world we live in. Mm. Mm. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah. So let's skip forward to the Middle Ages. Mm. Um, garlic became widely available in Europe after um, the Roman Empire expanded. And uh, during medieval times, knowledge of the therapeutic use of uh, plants like garlic. Had was transmitted largely through the monk network. Mm-hmm. Um, garlic was grown quite broadly in the monasteries, and um, they had texts and manuscripts uh, always talking about garlic as well. Uh, there was a manuscript called the Hordalist, Hordalus manuscript from 800 AD. Garlic featured quite prominently in this in this magis- manuscript, um, and in the monk religion. Like, you know, we're talking about Buddhist and Muslim. There was uh, no objection to using it in their religious setting um, uh, and, uh, yeah, quite broadly used and and researched by the monks. Mm. Apart from maybe the Buddhists, yeah? Yeah, Buddhists. And I know Muslims have got some – there's some restrictions, but, yeah, Yeah. monks had no no issue with it. Mm. Uh, There was a a physician in the 12th century – uh, called uh, Abess. Abess, it was a female of Rupertsburg. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave garlic a prominent role in her medical writing. Uh, she came to the conclusion that raw garlic was more effective than cooked garlic and that food food itself played an important role in the treatment of disease as well as the preservation of good health. So yeah, she wow. started to develop this idea that, you know, food is medicine type thing. And was that 1200 AD you just said? Uh, 12th century yeah, oh, 12th century, okay. Yeah, yeah. so what, what's that, 1300s? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's um, very interesting. It is interesting. I'm going to talk yeah. about raw garlic yeah. and cooked garlic as well. Yeah, so. good. good. Uh, yeah, so, and I didn't go into this too much, but garlic was classified as a hot food uh, to be consumed during the winter to limit the development of pulmonary breathing disorders. Um, so, again, we've got this this breathing thread coming through. It was also uh, used against uh, massive debilitation and later in the great plagues that happened. Um, and in the 7th century AD, the Slavic people used garlic against lice, spider bites, snake bites, uh, ulcers and crusts as well. So, you know, the usage is starting to broaden more and more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I suppose when you come across a vegetable or plant that, um, you know, gives you 
a lot of benefits. It's kind of natural to try and use it on other things, right? To see if it helps with that. Yep. So I can see it being broadly used across many different uh, many different ailments to see whether it has the same properties. You know? yeah. yeah, definitely. Yep. Okay. So let's move on to the Renaissance period. Uh, Gaelic was brought into Great Britain in uh, 1548 from the Mediterranean region. Uh, so you, obviously we start to get this proliferation of 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 everything you know we look through all our podcasts and as the eras go on and the expansion of the known world goes everything gets it gets expanded with it um this one was an interesting one there there's uh a king called king alfonso de castile and uh knights that were reeking of garlic in his rule were cast out of society for a week really yeah find that really weird because it was used for so many different medicinal reasons well maybe they cast them out because they reeked of garlic because maybe something was wrong with them and they were like that's it you know maybe they just didn't know what was going on it's like why do you smell and yeah are you taking garlic as a treatment for something you you shouldn't be here yeah are you infectious or yeah yeah like you're at work today buddy and you smell like garlic, you should be taking a sick day. Take a sick day. I'm yeah. going to do that from now on. Yeah. Take a sick <laughs> week, please. <laughs> yeah. Go home, rest up with your family, have some more garlic. When you don't smell like garlic, come back. Mm. Sit back at the round table. That's it. We're yeah. all good, man. You're welcome. Yeah. If if that was the case, I would never work. <laughs> Do you reek of garlic? Or would you just go into work and put some garlic on your tongue? Just go, hey, guys, how's it going? Yeah, that's right. Hi. <laughs> go home. <laughs> One week. Yep. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's funny to think about, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so um, – Increasing attention was paid in Europe to the medical use of plant, and they create created these so-called um, physic gardens, uh, and they were established at uh, sort of the leading universities to grow plants of medicinal value and, and study them. Mm-hmm. Uh, garlic was one of the major plants that they grew. Uh, a leading physician in the 16th century called uh, Pietro Mattioli of Siena wrote that uh, his work – he wrote, uh, but his work was translated into many other languages, uh, that garlic could be prescribed for the use of digestive disorders, infestations with worms, renal disorders, uh, but also to help mothers during difficult childbirth. So now we've got now we've got one extra thing, you know, snake bites, spider bites, worms, intestinal problems. Now yeah. we've got childbirth. Um, Don't forget mad dog. Oh, mad dog, yeah. Got to, got to ward off the old mad dog. That's it. Uh, Henry the Fourth of France uh, was baptized in garlic water. Oh, so uh, he he loved the old garlic. Henry the Fourth, yeah. Talk about burn the eyes on the way up. (laughs) Do you think? (laughs) No, I won't go there. (laughs) (laughs) No, tell me. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. We'll move on. I just wondered what he was like with the ladies after that. 
Yeah. <laughs> <And the> whole <laughs> garlic thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I get what you're throwing down. <laughs> or not throwing down. Anyway, go on. Um, the English also included garlic in their uh, medicine chess and um, it was used. So now let's add some more to the to the list of uses for garlic. It was used for toothache, uh, constipation, dropsy, and to treat the plague. Wow. Yep. That's so cool, man. Yep. So it, this got to the point where doctors actually carried cloves of garlic with them at all times. Uh, but it, this wasn't to treat people. This was to protect themselves from the odour of disease, so it's to stop themselves from getting sick. Wow. Yep. <laughs> That's cool. Again, this plays into the whole, we know that it does this stuff, but we don't know how. Yeah. So this leads to all other thoughts of, well, maybe I can use it for this or maybe I can use it for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, that almost leads into, well, I mean, I don't want to go too far ahead for, for what you're about to say, but... You talk about doctors carrying around cloves of garlic to ward off the Ill, like the odor of illness, mm. right? Which is like a bad thing, or maybe that's where it kind of led into the whole vampires and like yeah. they are a bad thing and illness, right? Yeah. Well, I was going to cover that towards the end because it's really oh, only sorry. a sentence. No, no, it's, it's really only a sentence or two. But the yeah. whole the whole idea of um, garlic warding off mosquitoes which we haven't covered yet but it's a thought that it will um keep mosquitoes away mosquitoes don't like it mm. um, this is the theory is thought to have developed about vampires because of the blood sucking thing of mosquitoes ah. so if mosquitoes don't like it and they're blood suckers then vampires are blood suckers and they don't like it that's oh, that makes sense man yeah that's whereas clever. i was i was before i read that i'd already started to kind of for my own opinion of how the vampire thing came about. Yeah. And I was thinking this is quite widely used to, to treat um, infections, but blood infection. Yes. So I thought, you know, if it clean, cleanses the blood, then the theory is is vampires like blood and maybe, maybe they don't if like it. in the blood, yeah. 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 Something like that, yeah. Ah, conspiracy theory number one. Yeah, yeah. I nice. mean, we all know vampires are real though, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the Renaissance period. Uh-huh. Uh, let's move into, I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm calling it contemporary. I think the official term is the new ages, but let's just say contemporary time, <laughs> which is up to now. Okay. Um, so it was thought that bulbs similar to garlic grew freely in North America and that the Native Americans used it in their tea. But then um, there's also record that uh, garlic was brought into the New World by by explorers, um, particularly during the Age of Exploration. You know, the, the French and the Portuguese and the Spanish and all that sort of stuff, you know, they took oranges and all the other stuff we've spoken about. Mm. Um, and kind of the rest of the world gets gets visited by these people and, and the plants left, left behind. Mm. Uh, and then if we go right forward into the 19th century, it's, it's seen that garlic formed an important part of uh, this thing called the, the Shaker Medical Armamentarium, and it was uh, thought as a stimulant, expectorant, and tonic. And um, 
garlic's perceived therapeutic properties were actually broadly accepted by the population. So it was not mm. a it was not one of these things where nobody believed it and it was, you know, snake oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was quite quite broadly accepted uh, by the population. And uh, in 1878, there's a bloke called John Gunn who wrote a book called The Home Book of Health. This is in the US. He featured garlic prominently and spoke about the antiseptic properties um, in keeping down cholera. And 1913, typhoid, fever, diphtheria in 1918 in Beirut. Um, There's a French uh, phytotherapist called Lecrec who used garlic as a preventative remedy um, during the, the Spanish fever um, and apparently had some success in treating Spanish fever. Mm-hmm. In 1918, during the influenza epidemic, uh, was also used uh, and people wore necklaces of garlic when going out in public. So if we, wow. if we um, shift that forward into the current pandemic, it's like... <laughs> You know, I was just about to say that everyone's going out with surgical masks on now. I know the equivalent is going out with some garlic hanging around your neck. Well, maybe they should be incorporating that. Yeah, and like maybe they should soak the masks in garlic. Oh my gosh, can you imagine that? (laughs) It'd be worse than getting tear gassed. Oh my goodness, it'd be so bad. Unbelievable, man. You'd be just breathing. Oh my gosh, that would burn your throat. Mm-hmm. Well, garlic on, infused. Get masks, face masks. Oh my god. So on that topic, right in England, uh, garlic breath was actually deemed entirely unsuitable for refined young ladies and gentlemen who wished mm-hmm. to court them. So you were not allowed to have garlic breath if you were courting someone. Yeah, just can't do it. I mean, that's why Mentos was created, correct? Mm, like the fresh makeup. Off garlic, yeah, just, just for garlic breath. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the same the same attitude kind of carried across to America as well. So um, they really, the Americans really didn't embrace garlic until in, further into the 1940s. So, oh, wow. you know, fairly recent in terms of in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. Although America is quite a young country. So, yeah. I mean, you know, when it comes to... Well, uh, yes, I agree. Like yeah. the... I'm not talking about um, like how old from the Native Americans when they... Yeah. I'm talking about like when people kind of invaded and like started taking well, over the country. we're talking about the United States of America. Correct. Yeah. 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 Not North America as it, as yes. it is. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, so, funnily enough, in this uh, in this current time of um, uh, what should we call it, finding a racial balance, back back in you know 1940s time or you know early America, it was garlic was considered an ethnic ingredient, and it was slang term was Italian perfume. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Russian penicillin before. Yes, it, it I is did. also yes. Yeah, so garlic is actually also known as Russian penicillin, and this is because the Russian physicians used it for a long time to in the treatment of respiratory tract disease. So that's mm-hmm. a new one to add to the list. 
um, along with other compounds, it was used uh, in an inhaler for, for children, which is, uh, can you imagine no. you know, getting an inhaler with garlic? I mean, they did oh, say Lord. there's other compounds in there, but, man. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Do you, uh, are you talking about anything else about the Russian penicillin? Yeah, I'll go right through to the end and then you can add whatever you okay. want to, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's all right. Uh, I want to take over your section. Yeah, feel no, free. Go yep. No, 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 go on. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Garlic was also used during the preparation for piloting uh, in their military assignments. It was also used in the treatment of German soldiers during World War I. Even though penicillin by World War II had already been discovered, the the Russian army continued using garlic, and that's why it was renamed into Russian penicillin or the natural antibiotic. Mm. Yeah, yep, yeah. So, what did you want to add to that? No, that's what I was reading. Um, and when they during World War Two, when they ran out of penicillin, they started using crushed garlic in the place of that medicine. Yep. yep. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah. So what I found was it was fascinating to to observe how um, cultures that actually never came in contact with each other all came to, at the core of it, the same conclusions about the role of garlic and the treatment of disease. They all, you know, some people found different uses, but the core uses were all the same. So they all found the same thing, no, yeah. no communication. Um, so, I mean, that, I, I found that quite fascinating. Yeah. But on the... On the less um, the less real side, I guess there are other things that garlic um, is thought to have done. So you know, garlic is considered to have warded off the evil eye and was hung on doors to protect protect the occupants from evil. Mm-hmm. Um, protected maidens and maidens and pregnant ladies from evil nymphs. <laughs> uh, totally. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, and again, was rubbed on uh, people's door frames to keep out the bloodthirsty vampires. And mm-hmm. um, people hung garlic cloves around their neck to protect them from the sharp horns of a bull. So protect you from getting speared by a bull. Uh, it could also ward off any local witches that were around, not to be confused with bitches. <laughs> The witches, the witches. Yeah. That was good, man. <laughs> go, um, go on. And it could also prevent others from passing you on your horse in a race. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I, don't, I, I think that one would have been easily disproven. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if we go right forward to, I, I got a stat from 2016. Uh, the world production of garlic was 26,573,000 metric tons. Ooh. So 26 billion kilos. Uh, China actually produces 80% of the world's population at, at uh, just shy of 22, uh, 22 million tons. Uh, so yeah, so China produces most of most of the world's garlic, but mate, that is the history of garlic. It's getting into nutrition. Okay, 
So as always, we're going to break down the basic, you know, what garlic consists of and what it looks like. And then there are some really cool things that I want to touch on that play into what you've been talking about. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, from a modern medicine perspective. Yep. Uh, And then we're going to go through that. Okay, so let's just start off with the breakdown of garlic. So nutritionally, um, calorie for calorie, it's pretty nutritious or nutrient-dense. When we talk about one one clove of raw garlic, which is about three grams, you get 2% of your daily value of manganese, 2% 2% of your daily value of vitamin B6. You get 1% of your daily value of vitamin C, 1% of selenium. You get a little bit of fiber, and then there's you know fairly good amounts of calcium, copper, potassium, phosphorus, iron, and vitamin B1. Wow. And that's in three grams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I read somewhere one clove is about four calories, so... Yeah. yeah, it's about four and a half calories, yeah. which comes with 0.2 grams of protein and one gram of carbs. Mm. Yep. All right. So these are the things that I want to talk about. We're going to talk about like garlic as a whole, but I want to talk specifically about manganese. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one clove of raw garlic gives you 2% of your daily value of manganese. But what is manganese and what's it good for? Mm-hmm. Right. So manganese is actually really good for improving your bone health. Um, when it comes in with other nutrients. Uh, It's a strong antioxidant, which can reduce disease risk. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this is tying into what you're talking about. We're talking about like preventing illnesses, right? Mm -hmm. And this is is what manganese does. Um, It also helps reduce inflammation. Uh, It also plays a role in blood sugar reduction. So, again, when we're talking about blood, regulating blood sugar, um, it's linked to lower um, lower rates of epileptic seizures. Interesting. So yeah. you touched on that from, I believe it was yeah. the Romans. Yeah, the seizures. Treated yeah. it for seizures, mm-hmm. yep. which plays right into that. The manganese, you know, portion of it. Um kind of helps with that. It yep. also helps in metabolism of nutrients. So it helps you kind of, you know, metabolize nutrients that you're getting. It also may help reduce PMS symptoms in oh, combination with calcium. Yeah. We talked about menstruation. <laughs> that's right. Anxiety, cramping, pain, yep. mood swings, even depression. Yep. And they know that taking manganese and calcium in combination can reduce these symptoms. Mm -hmm. So again, this is like another thing that kind of plays back in history. We're talking about manganese. It gives you a good dose of manganese. We're talking 2% of your daily value in one globe of raw garlic, but it also has a really good amount of, of these other um, minerals in it, which include calcium. Yep. Yep. So got these uh, synergistic, things happening again yeah absolutely Mm. so i found that really interesting just purely because of what you were talking about these in ancient times we don't know what it is that does it but we know that this is what it's doing Mm -hmm. you know that's really cool um okay so and some of the other stuff that i was reading so garlic can combat against sickness so common cold sort of stuff 
Um, they're saying that it sort of boosts your immune system. Um, there was a large 12-week study that found that a daily garlic supplement reduced the number of colds by 63% compared to a placebo. Mm. I mean, I always grew up when you got sick, it was take your garlic tablets and vitamin C, garlic and vitamin C, and that's how yep. you got on top of a cold. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, garlic gives you a little bit of vitamin C as well in that one clove, right? Mm. Um, and it also lowered the length of your cold from uh, for about 70%. So yeah. from five days down to one and a half days mm-hmm. from the placebo group versus the garlic group. Um, there's another study that found that high doses of aged garlic extract um, reduce the number of days sick with the cold or flu by about 61%. Um, but then there's some other stuff that, you know, says that there's not enough conclusive evidence to show this. So we're talking about observational studies here where we take one variant into, um, into you know, uh, into consideration and we try to say that this is the one thing that, you know, is causation when really yeah. it's just, you know, something that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some really active compounds in garlic that actually reduces your blood pressure. Um, so I found that high blood pressure or hypertension, um, they've got some human studies that found that garlic supplements have a significant impact on reducing your blood pressure. So there was a study that was done uh, where they used between 600 and 1,500 milligrams of aged garlic extract um, uh, that was just as effective as a drug called atenonol. Atenonol? Atenanol at yep. reducing blood pressure over a 24-week period. Wow. Yeah. So we were talking about a natural um, alternative to, you know, uh, prescription drugs. Um, they're also saying that, um, you know, this effect that we're talking about is about the equiv- equivalent of about four cloves of garlic per day. Yeah, okay. Yep. Four per um, day. Wow. Yeah. Which is not crazy. That's not a crazy amount of. No, I mean no. I, I could eat two or three in a day, but I wouldn't do it consistently day on day. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I mean, maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also some uh, some information out there that's saying that garlic can improve your cholesterol levels, um, which again. When we talk cholesterol, we're talking about heart disease. We're talking about blood and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, so with garlic, we're talking about lowering LDL cholesterol, which is the bad one. Uh, so they're saying that garlic supplements can reduce it by about 10 to 15%. Um, but the interesting part of this is that when they look at the LDL and the HDL, um, garlic just appears to lower LDL and doesn't have any effect on HDL. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. Um, there's also a little bit of text talking about garlic um, and the antioxidants within garlic that helps prevent Alzheimer's disease and dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we're talking about oxidative damage from re from free radicals when we talk about aging. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's garlic that contains those antioxidants that sort of protect the body's uh, mechanisms against that oxidative uh, damage. 
Um, uh, so again, talking about reducing cholesterol, reducing blood pressure, um, and those sort of antioxidant properties that, you know, leads into Alzheimer's and dementia. These are common brain diseases, you know, that, mm. yeah, somewhat linked to cholesterol and blood pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's some of the, the big things that kind of it helps with. But what we're going to talk about now is something called Allison. Yes. Yes. You know about this. A little bit, yeah. Okay. So Allison is a compound that's found inside garlic. Um, it was first discovered a long time ago in like 1944. So basically when fresh garlic is chopped or crushed, um, there's an enzyme that's called alanase that converts um, alin, which is A-L-L-I-I-N, into allicin which is A-L-L-I-C-I-N, mm -hmm. okay? And that's responsible for sort of the aroma that comes with garlic. But this, um, this particular allicin is part of the defense mechanism that sort of uh, works with garlic to protect against pests, pests on a garlic plant. Um, but it's also something that actually helps with your antioxidants. So... Um, this allicin is like the oily or sort of yellow liquid that comes out from the garlic. Um, and its biological activity is attributed to antioxidant activity and its reaction with um, other proteins. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of studies that's been made with allicin um, and it's been studied for its potential to treat various kinds of um uh, multiple drug resistance and bacterial infections, as well as viral and fungal infections, um, and all sorts of other sort of, sort of infections inside uh, people. Um, there's also been clinical studies to sort of review the amount of allicin um, that showed effectiveness against the common cold, which is what we just talked about before. Um, so it's really this this um, Allison that is the – we're not – there's not enough research to kind of say that this is the main thing that's giving you all the benefits, but uh, it seems as though that works in conjunction with the manganese and the calcium and the mm. copper and all these other things inside the garlic that adds to, you know, these medicinal benefits of the plant. Yeah, it's okay. all functioning together and – yeah. Correct. That's right. But this is the this is a really fun part mm -hmm. that I found. This, all right. So it was the Israelis that kind of discovered that that enzyme that we're talking about are uh, heat sensitive. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you heat garlic immediately after crushing it or slicing it, it actually destroys that enzyme, which mm -hmm. is the um, the alanase. 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 Yep. yep. Um, which triggers that reaction to produce allicin. So with nothing being created, um, there's like if you put it for two minutes in a fry pan, it basically gives you no health benefits and you're just getting flavoring from it. Mm -hmm. So what they're saying is like, you know, mashing down your garlic when you first get a clove and then putting it straight into the pan or chopping it, putting it straight into the pan, you're basically removing 
all of the health benefits from it. Yeah. So like to, to sort of jump in, I'm covering cooking and yep. part of part of what I wanted to talk about in cooking is um, when you when you crush garlic, particularly crushing is what I think is the best way to prepare garlic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going down the path of saying that you should leave it sit for 10 to 15 minutes before you cook it. Yep. But to, to, to make it even better again, you shouldn't – depends on what dish you're cooking, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but you should try and put it into your dish as late as possible Correct. to avoid overcooking. But, yeah, yep. you, you need to leave it sit and basically yeah. you, you get this – this reaction happening and you get more of that Allison. Yeah. Correct. That's right. Mm. So basically, uh, like if you microwave chopped garlic for 30 seconds, 90% of its cancer-fighting ability is gone. Mm. 60 seconds, there's nothing left. And also the blood-thinning components are destroyed by the heat as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But as you said, you can still cook with garlic and still get the benefits. You just have to crush it, smash it, chop it, whatever you want to do, leave it for 10 minutes and during that time, um, the allicin that's created by the heat-sensitive enzyme, it's no longer needed. It's already been – so it doesn't matter what you do to it then. You can mm. cook with it and yep. you still get the health benefits of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I found really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it almost begs the – the question of should you buy crushed garlic that it comes in the supermarket – I don't know if it's been heat treated. Um, I, I would never buy it anyway. I, I actively don't buy it. And I was going to mm. talk, I always, if I need garlic mince, yep. I, I make my own. So I was going to talk about that um, okay. when it comes to cooking. But I, I would err on the side of not. Okay. Yeah. See, we buy crushed garlic. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. it's easier. Easy. Yeah. yeah. I, I make my own. Yeah. Well, look at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what a man. Uh, what a, a mighty good man. That's it. Okay, so I'm going to talk about one study that I read that um, I've read a few, but I wanted to talk about this just because it talks about the bioavailability of Allison mm-hmm. and the bioequivalence from garlic supplements and garlic foods. All right. So this is a, a study written by uh, Larry D. Lawson and Scott M. Hunsaker. Um and they basically wanted to look at the bioavailability of this allicin and whether it's actually coming into the body and what that actually did. Um, so uh, I'm just going to give you a couple of little excerpts from this so that you get the basic gist of what they were doing. So um, they're saying that allicin is considered responsible for most of the pharmacological activity of crushed raw garlic cloves. However, when garlic supplements and garlic foods are consumed, allicin bioavailability or the bioequivalence has been known uh, has been unknown and in question because allicin formation uh, from alin and garlic alanase usually occurs after consumption under the enzyme inhibiting gastrointestinal conditions. Mm-hmm. So this is us talking about not letting it sit and do what it's supposed to do. And it's like when you crush it and you eat it, then the enzyme, you know, building gets sort of broken down because of gastrointestinal conditions, right? Mm -hmm. So they're talking – they were looking at 13 different garlic supplements and 19 different garlic foods um, on across 13 different subjects. 
So what they found was um, the bioavailability of allicin from garlic powder supplements um, uh, can be as high as crushed raw garlic um, when consumed with a meal. Um, but they found that when um, when you actually had when you consumed a high protein meal with the garlic, then it reduced your the bioavailability of this garlic from between thirty six and one hundred percent to twenty two to fifty seven percent. That's a big reduction. Yeah. yeah. So they're saying it's because of the delayed gastric emptying. Mm. Um, so they were looking at, um, so I'm just thinking about it before you go any further. Yeah. Delayed gastric emptying would mean that the, the garlic is sitting in the, the stomach acid for too long and not yeah. being passed to the, the, the small into all the large intestine to get absorbed. That's right. Yeah. And we are talking about high protein meal proteins, usually like a slow releasing kind yeah. of, uh, yeah. um, yeah, pass nutritional the system slowly. And yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, which I found really interesting. I was like, wow, that's that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, what else are they testing? So they were testing some other things about raw, two grams of crushed raw garlic um, and what that did in terms of whether it was better for you than, say, six capsules of these different powders that you could take. Mm. Um so I was saying that consumption of alanase inhibited cooked garlic was found to give a higher than expected uh, allicin bioequivalence. Um, so they said that about 30% for roasted garlic, 16% for boiled garlic uh, than that of like your full crushed raw garlic. Mm -hmm. So the health benefits were really for raw garlic Um uh, and then, you know, as you cook the garlic, it's a little less bioavailable to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a pretty common thread amongst most foods. There are some that improve with heat, but most of them, your full nutritional profile is raw and then it progressively degrades as you cook it. That's yeah. right. So I think the biggest takeout from like the nutrition and the medicinal uses of it for me is if if you want to receive all of these really good health benefits and all of the like the allicin that that's mm. sort of included in it then you want to crush your garlic and put it aside and leave it for 10 minutes and then come back and and cook with it after that or or put it into your meals late and that is the nutritional and medicinal parts of the garlic man that is amazing yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, there's I and I I know that there's so much more detail you can go into, but uh, you know we've got to stick to the the important points and try and make Correct. it digestible. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I just yeah. thought um, you know touching on the manganese was pretty important because it actually dove into a couple of your historical facts. Yeah, um, we've we've then, we've spoken about manganese. Uh, I mean, we've we've mentioned it as an as a, a a mineral a number of times, but we haven't gone into any detail, so that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's it's quite common in a lot of the vegetables that we've been speaking about and, and fruits and herbs. So, uh, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, mm. I enjoyed that. Yeah, thanks, man. Mm. Are you going to take me on a cooking journey? Yeah, let's talk about cooking. I don't know about a journey, but uh, maybe well, maybe like a. Um, 
A strategic, uh, <laughs> a strategic rundown on cooking with garlic. Thank you. I was trying to think of something short, like a little trip or a. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't even know. No, my no, brain's no. my brain's not mate. working. We're using strategic from now no. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we are. Yeah. <laughs> Garlic. Uh, you know, you you just touched on um, eating it raw is best for um, nutritional quality. Yep. Um, raw can be hard to palate. You know, it, it's quite. Um, uh, it burns, I guess. At the end of the day, it's it's <laughs> yes, it does. It's, it, it's classed as hot, so it's it's almost yeah. spice spicy in a way. Yeah. Um, I don't mind the odd raw garlic here and there, but um, yeah. But I'm trying to think, like, when would you really have raw garlic? Like, yes. what would you have it with? Uh, well, there have there are times where, uh, and I was going to touch on this, but um, like if I if I mince up some fresh garlic. Yeah, um, and we've got you know like a tray of roasted vegetables in the oven. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just uh, put some raw minced garlic over the top as a like a dressing sort of thing, or you know. Oh, so you don't put it on it before you put it into the? No, no, use it after. So you just oh. eat it raw. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I've yeah, never what... done it like that. It works well. Um, yeah. Okay. But uh, depends how much you like raw garlic at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Not much. Yeah. I love raw garlic. Oh, not raw, but I just love garlic. Yeah. Oh, I love garlic as well, but I don't like it raw. Mm. You should try the mince and put it on. You know, you just ha- you can even just have it as a little side. And you kind of just, you know, you got a bit of roast potato. You just dip it in the mince and just get a little bit on it and eat it or some. It's really nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm. You should try. I will try it because yeah. I know it's a lot better for me. So I will mm. give that a go. Yeah. But yeah. okay. So when it comes to actually cooking garlic. Mm-hmm. Um, the longer you cook it, the more mild that flavor gets. So we mm-hmm. the, the spice starts to, to tone down the longer you cook it. But if you overcook it, it'll get really bitter. Um, mm. So you really want to avoid that that overcooking of the garlic. Yep. Um, the other thing is, and this plays into the the Allison uh, conversation, is the finer the finer you chop the garlic, the more intense the flavor is going to be. So... Um, when it comes to cooking and you want to consider how much garlic flavor you want in it, yep. you change the way you prepare it. So if you really dice it up and you you cause all those molecules to break and this enzyme change to happen, mm-hmm. you're really going to increase that flavor profile. Mm-hmm. But if you cut it into slices or chunks or whatever, a little bit more mild, you might reduce the, the overall garlic flavor of your dish. Yeah. yeah so okay. you can you can play with the, the intensity of your garlic based on how you how you prepare it and then that how you cook sense. it. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, I love garlic. I always I always mince it up or dice it up and mm-hmm. um, I love love good good solid garlic flavor in my dishes. Do you have a press? A garlic press? No. Nah. No. No. I do it all by hand. Like, you you crush it by hand. Yeah, just crush it with the broadside of a knife and and then chop it up. Yeah, the broadside of a knife. Wow. What would what would you call it? Talking like a <laughs> true Renaissance man. <laughs> um, Tim takes out his broadsword and dices up his his uh, garlic. Um, no, I, I get that. I, look, I wouldn't be against the kind of 
mushing it in a mortar and pestle yeah uh, to yeah, kind of I, get it but then it's kind of more like a paste when you do it like that so yeah, agree and really I, I actually avoid putting garlic in my mortar and pestle because i try and mm. use it for only dry ingredients okay if, i reckon if i had a second one yeah i could have one that was for wet ingredients you know like a bit of oil and garlic mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. and, and then have one just for the dry but you know one's enough at the moment yeah fair enough yeah um that's cool do you have any favorite recipes that you use garlic in um favorite recipe like garlic heavy recipes (laughs) well i mean there's a lot i I don't know if i can pick a a particular favorite but Mm. there's different ways of having garlic so Mm -hmm. um you know if i mince up a, a fresh garlic paste i'll just put that on um, some Turkish bread and some olive oil and put it in the oven and have mm-hmm. a garlic bread. Absolutely mm-hmm. delicious. Um, I'll put whole bulbs into my roast vegetables and just um, eat a, a whole roast, not the whole thing, but, you know, you break off your cloves and have roasted roasted garlic cloves. Yeah. Or um, we discussed this on the broccoli one. Um, we've got this broccoli dish where we, on the side, we uh, kind of just heat through some garlic, chili, capers, and olive oil. Yeah. And... That flavor combination is mm-hmm. delicious. It's so mm-hmm. good. yeah. yeah. Well, garlic you? and chili have a special place in my kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Like they, I usually use them with most things. Yep. Um, yeah. So definitely included in. Yeah. Sorry. Do you have a favorite? Um, look, although this may not be nutritionally the best for you, I love getting a whole bulb of garlic, cutting off the bottom like slicing just the bottom of it off so there's yep. still one whole bulb. Yeah. And then like getting some alfoil, putting some olive oil on the alfoil and then wrapping the whole yep. bulb up and mm. sticking that in the oven. Yeah. Um, because slow roasting that garlic and then when you take it out and the cloves just fall out of Oh, the, it's delicious, man. Yeah. It's, so it's just amazing. Yep. Um, again, I'm not crushing it, so I'm not getting that Allison release and the heat's probably ruining the enzymes that are going to make that mm. the most nutritionally beneficial to me. But it still tastes amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you shouldn't have to – Yeah, it, it doesn't always have to be about nutrition, let's no. be honest. No, oh, of course not. Yeah. No. So um, I really, really enjoy that. There is a fennel, caper, and garlic recipe that um, – that I've had a number of times, which is in the Otolengi book. Yeah. Um, Plenty more, I believe, um, which is outstanding. And this adds a little bit of verjuice into it. And it's just a, a really, really great recipe. But that kind of ties in with what you're talking about with capers and, you know, capers, chili and garlic are just a really good combination. Oh, they are amazing. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. So, uh, I think definitely experimenting with garlic and capers and chili on different dishes mm. would be something I'd, I'm really interested in doing. Um, it's interesting because uh, I'd love to know and I'd love to look into this a bit more and just see whether capers and garlic work really well together from a nutritional uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether, you know, there are certain properties or vitamins or minerals within capers that work well with garlic. Because, yeah. you know, through everything that we've spoken about already, um, 
it's always the food that pairs well with other foods that they have some sort of synergistic relationship with yeah. their nutritional profile. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be really interested in having a look at that just yeah, a little sure. bit deeper. Yeah. Maybe we can touch on it when we actually get into capers I, and we I, do capers one time. I'm just thinking about capers. I actually know nothing about them. Yeah. I don't are even they, know what they are. No, neither do I. No. Yeah. Are they a bean or something? They look like little peas. We'll have to wait and find that out. Are salty. Yeah. Salty AF. Yeah, they've had too much salt on them and they've got all. <laughs> yeah. Do you harvest them from the sea? No, I don't know, mate. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they grow. Oh, I don't know, but I like them. <laughs> yeah. I feel anyway, like we're not no, talking no, about capers. No, we're talking about garlic right let's, now. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's yeah. move on. So yeah, garlic you talked has about a special place for everyone. Right? It does. I think yeah. it does. Yeah. Yeah. And, Apart from people who are FODMAP sensitive. Yeah. And gar- you don't even have to be, um, you know, garlic uh, uh, FODMAP to have allergies to garlic. There are people out there that have like a no onion, no garlic kind of. Correct. Yeah. 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 And I, I think I was going to say it's pretty common. I, I don't know if common's the right word, but it's it's not rare to to know someone that's got a garlic or onion allergy. Absolutely. Yeah. I think once, uh, as soon as you see things on menus at restaurants, like yeah. it's it's quite common to see the N-O-N-G, mm. no onion, no garlic on menus across, well, yeah. it's, you know it's, it's in Melbourne. It's you know it's common enough if, if restaurants exactly. are creating variants to dishes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, and, I mean, you can go to um, a lot of like Buddhists, um, restaurants. There's a one in um, Sydney that's really amazing in Hyde Park uh, called Bodhi, mm-hmm. and they are completely knowing in no garlic. Yes. It's, the food's still amazing, but it's knowing in no garlic. And you know, but I, I just have like this thing about garlic where it adds so much character to a dish. How can you go without it? Mm. You know. Yeah. But. It's obviously you can, and there's other things that you can include in dishes. But I just really love garlic. I don't yeah. have any allergy to it, so I will continue eating it on yeah, mass. Yeah, yeah. I buy like one kilo pots of of like bins garlic, and we smash through it. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yep. it's good. It's really yeah, good. nice. Well, I mean, you should you should try making your own. It's so easy. So mm. so so easy. Make my own minced garlic. Yeah, man, it's it's simple. All you do is like finely chop up the garlic as as fine as you can get it. Oh my god! And man. then do you know that's already giving me like heart palpitations. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to cut up gut, man. I have this thing with food. All right, and it is a cost benefit analysis. Lazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's not lazy. It's lazy. What benefits do I get versus the time that is put into it? Fresh minced and garlic. Yeah, but you haven't I bought it from a supermarket garlic. in a glass jar. Yeah, <laughs> but I can reuse the glass jar. I'm not sustainable, man. No, mate. No. I keep all of those no. glass jars in the cupboard and we yeah. use them for all sorts of things. Sure. Yeah. I do. Yeah. You've got every single one you've ever used. Correct. <laughs> I do. I've got a massive uh, jar collection of garlic you jars. Ah, full of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, mince your own, <laughs> chop it up finely, sprinkle some salt over it, get your knife, turn it on its broadside, 
and just work it into the board until it's a paste. And then yeah. generally what I do is I just have like a little dish, bit of olive oil, and I put that in there and mix it up and I've got my garlic. You're talking to me like I don't know how to cut garlic up. I know how to cut it up. It just takes too long for the amount that I want to get and I want to start cooking with it sooner. You're talking about like a 10-minute production to wait 10 minutes before I start using it in the cooking. That's 20 minutes, man, where I could just go into the fridge and get my already minced garlic that's got all the allicin that I want in it, and I can just chuck it into It's been heat-treated and processed. No, it hasn't and, been heat-treated. Yeah. And it's, it's no good for you. Get out of town. Yeah. And, anyway. And you're supporting some Chinese factory. Oh, come on. It's made in Australia, the stuff that we get. Sure it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. You're so, so lazy. <laughs> You're so lazy. You won't even make something yourself. I have I have a small child, mate. So do I. <laughs> I'm allowed to not want to mince garlic. <laughs> it's better, than, I, better than the shop-bought stuff. Based on what information? My information. No, that's – see, this is, <laughs> this is the problem right now. A lot of the stuff that we do is research, but then Tim comes in with his Timbits – and it's rubbish information. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, look, yeah, maybe. How about I just tell you how to grow it? All right. So if you're growing it yourself, then I'm going to have to mince it myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have an option. Mm. So that I have of- grown garlic before. Oh, and what was your what was your relationship with the garlic? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, now, uh, what was that symbiotic relationship that you formed with the, when you grew your own garlic? It was set and forget. <laughs> wow. Yep. I How planted it, that? planted it, watered it, harvested it. That was it. And how long did it take you before you harvested? Um, basically six months. So plant on the shortest day of the year, harvest on the longest day of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. I think from what I was reading, it takes about six to eight months yep. for, uh, yep. for it to come up. So mm-hmm. again, my information that I got for growing garlic comes from Yates. Yates. <laughs> good old yeah. Yatesy. Man, they've got some really good information. Yeah, they do. Yep. It is littered with like... Get a soil improver and plant fertilizer, um, and like other like plant food that they spruik in it. But it's still really good information. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about growing it in a garden. We're going to talk about growing it in a pot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so if you're growing it in the garden, you want to choose a sunny spot in the garden. Um, You know, you separate these individual cloves. So basically, you're planting a clove. Mm an individual yep. clove of the garlic uh, and you push them into like two centimeter to five centimeter deep holes and you want them to be about 20 about 10 to 20 centimeters apart uh, but the most important part here is making sure that the pointy end of the clove is facing up mm-hmm. you don't want it growing down no it just defeats the purpose yeah. let's be honest right um 
So, uh, you know, watering it well and, um, you know, a little bit of mulch is really good for it as well. So a bit of organic mulch um, or you can use sugarcane or pea straw just to put over the top of it. Um, so, again, keeping the soil moist but not wet because mm. you don't want them to rot uh, yes. in the ground. Um, so, uh, you know... We're talking about like feeding it with – so they talk about using like some fertilizers to use that, you know, just twice through winter and a bit more during um, spring. Um, but then you kind of wait until the flower that comes on the top of the garlic uh, has has bloomed and then starts to brown and die. Yep. And when it's starting to brown and die, that's when you're pulling up the garlic from mm. underneath. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the garlic grows underneath in the soil. Yeah. And it shoots up these um Yeah, it almost looks like um shallots or whatever out yeah. of the ground. Yeah. yeah. Which is 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 actually quite uh similar to the onions, which we you know yep. the same family. Mm. Um the onions though are biennial, mm. uh which means that they they basically run over two cycles, two year, yep. two um full cycles. And when they flower, that actually means that they're running over to the, the full second cycle. Yeah. Um so that's not the case with the garlic though. It's basically when the flower you know, comes up, then you just pull it out of the ground and mm. get it was into it. interesting when I was growing mine and the, the flower came, you you almost get these um these little mini garlic bulbs in the flower. So it's mm. like the seed. That's cool. And um as the flower started to die ready for harvest, um I actually scattered those into the garden and mm. got got and I was not actively trying to grow more garlic at this point <laughs> and my my um Garden bed was covered in garlic plants. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's they cool, just, man. They just naturally grew. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm. Um, did you did you water them a lot or not really? Um, just moderately. I didn't do heaps of watering, but uh, definitely made sure that they were happy. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I didn't go out every second day or whatever and water. I really just um, looked at the plants and the soil and mm -hmm. just watered when I thought they needed it. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So again, you can do this in pots as well. So if you yeah. want to grow it on your balcony, definitely you can yep. definitely grow them in pots. You probably yep. want a pot that's about thirty to forty centimeters wide. Um, yeah, you want to grow more than one. You get a you know a couple yep. in there, and yeah, absolutely. Again, yep. you know you put it down about you know the two to five centimeters deep, and you want them mm. about ten to twenty centimeters apart. So yep. in a pot that's forty centimeters wide, you should be able to plant maybe three or four different mm. uh, cloves in that. Mm -hmm. You should be all good to harvest. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as Tim mentioned before as well, garlic is the happiest when it's planted in cool weather. So, you know, planting it on the shortest day of the month and then, you know, shortest day of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Shortest day. Yeah. It's like, it's, <laughs> a, it's a saying. I mean, it's not a, it's not a hard and fast rule, but it's, yeah. it's a good way to remember plant on the shortest, harvest on the longest. And you, yeah. In those kind of time frames. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and basically when you're harvesting, you remove the soil from around, you know, the bulbs and then you hang it out to dry. Mm. Um, and usually drying it takes a couple of weeks. Yeah. Actually. Yep. Um, we're going to talk companion planting. Mm. So garlic in particular is a really cool plant when it comes to companion planting. 
Um, it improves the quality and health of almost anything that you plant it next to. Wow. is awesome. Um, but it's one of the more pungent plants that you grow. Okay. So that means it's actually really good at pushing pests away. Yep. So uh, it deters all kinds of pets. There's a bit of a list. Uh, so it gets rid of fungus gnats, um, codling moths, spider mites, uh, cabbage loopers, Japanese beetles, aphids, ants, snails, onion flies, um, and it can even drive away rabbits and deers as well. Wow. Um, so if you've got any sort of garden that suffers from any of those things and you can plant you know, garlic in there and it'll help with that. Um, it also naturally builds up the sulfur, uh, which is an effective fungicide for neighboring plants as well. Mm -hmm. um, so the plants that grow really well with garlic um, include uh, fruit trees, dill, beets, kale, spinach, potatoes, carrots, eggplants, tomatoes, peppers, cabbage, cauliflower, broccoli, kohlrabi. There's heaps. Every, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when we're talking about flowering plants, so the ones that are not necessarily for eating, but they're really good next to roses, uh, geraniums, marigolds. Um, uh, it also... There's also a couple of plants that you can plant garlic next to which help the garlic, so it improves the garlic's uh, health, which um, is rue, which will drive away maggots, mm. chamomile, which improves its flavour. Wow. Um, there's yarrow um, uh, and a couple of other ones as well. Uh, so, again... Really cool to plant it next to a lot of different things. I would yep. suggest planting some garlic out next to your plum trees, mate. Because mm. it's going to help with it's uh, interesting. Pests. Yeah. Um, and be really good for the soil. Uh, there are a few things that you should not plant it next to, though, because it can stunt the growth yeah, of okay. these particular plants. So don't plant your, your garlic with asparagus, peas, beans, sage, or parsley. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's pretty much the companion planting and how to grow your garlic. Mm. We talk really quickly about storage before we, you know, finish up yep. with, with this. Yep. So you can store garlic for up to two months. Um, yeah. But the best place for it is in dark areas with good air ventilation. Mm. Um, so you want to keep it away from any appliances uh, that cause heat. Um, you want it kind of in a really cool, you know, good air yeah. circulation. Um, you can buy garlic storage solutions. Um, I don't know if you know about these. Garlic storage solutions. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote I that it. myself. Yeah. yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> yeah, storage solutions, Sounds man. like you wrote it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> um you can you can buy strategic <laughs> garlic storage solutions, which are strategically set up to enhance the to be a solution for storing uh, your garlic. Anyway, yeah. it's basically a pot with holes in it. Nice. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. yeah, um, that's a good so solution. Allows uh, my storage good air circulation, yeah. and then you know covers it yeah, up okay. and prevents yeah. the light from coming in. Mm. Um, 
The interesting thing about storing garlic is that when you store it, you can actually increase its pungency um, and increase its allicin content. Uh, by storing garlic, you know, for up to the two months, you can increase the allicin content by up to 10 times. Just just by storing. So you don't have to do anything to it. No, no, no. Right. Just storing it, like storing it the proper way and not. Yeah. So I guess that um, that enzyme process occurs inside the clove, but on a very slow scale. Well, I and would when say it's that exposed to the air, it happens rapidly. But so over two months, it would just slowly, slowly. Well, it's air. only it only those enzymes get produced when you start crushing it and, and mm. pressing it together. Mm. But I suppose what that may when we're talking about it increasing that content up to 10 times i think maybe more of those two separate enzymes Uh, work together there's more of that being increased more available for when you do crush it and yeah yeah. Mm. and it increases like the flavor and the heat to a garlic clove if Mm. it's been aged yeah yeah okay yeah uh yeah so that's pretty much how to grow and store your garlic that is very cool. Mm. cool. I yeah. think I'm going to grow some garlic like out the front of our warehouse. Yeah, I'm thinking because now's a good time. I might yeah. I might do something. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't like, sound like it from all of this, man. It's yeah. so easy. No, it is. It's pretty easy. And this, there was something about when I grew mine, there was something about I think I had uh, about 35 bulbs. Wow. And when I harvested them, I got, you know, good full-size Big, typically bigger than the supermarket size, like the real big bulb size. Yeah. yeah. And um, I platted them all into a big, big plat of Not bulbs, nice. and then hung it yep. up to. I did. I hung it up to dry for about two weeks, and then yep. um, we just snipped them off as we wanted to use them. And that's cool. Yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty cool having that big plat of bulbs hanging, yeah. hanging in the kitchen. Yeah. Looks amazing, right? It does. Yeah. 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 Um, did you get through all of your garlic? Oh, we used it in. I mean, I needed double that to get through a whole year, but yeah, 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 yeah. We used we used it all pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Mm. Nice man, that's really cool. Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna start planting it. I reckon I'll plant some um, next next month. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, maybe in the next couple of days. Who knows? I mean, if you've got any bulbs in the in the cupboard that are starting to sprout, you yeah, can plant you can plant those now. Mm. Yeah. See, but I think I'm going to plant the. Have you seen the purple ones? Yeah, that's the best Argentinian ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the Australian garlic. No, I feel like it's a bit small. The purple, purple Russian garlic is the best. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm, I'll see if I can track some down. That's pretty Mm. cool. Awesome. Well, dude, that was uh, not as long as what I thought it would be, but really cool. We skipped through it. Yeah, yeah, it was Mm. good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I learned a lot, man. Yeah, me too. Mm. What were your what was the the thing that you like loved the most about this episode? Putting you um, on the spot. I mean, I knew I knew I knew about the Allison, but I didn't I guess I didn't fully understand it. So that mm. was that was interesting. Um and especially after looking at cooking and you know, the way I've cooked it and then when I did some research into cooking about um leaving it out and mm you know, it, it all starts to kind of fall into place. Yeah. 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 I think that's my favorite part as well. And I think just that one, one bit of information just to when you do crush it, leave it for 10 minutes mm. is like a, 
that's a game changer for a lot of people. Mm. Right? We, we've always left it anyway, but I not because yeah. I thought we needed to, but just preparation. Like I just mm. cut it up and then it's ready to go when I'm ready to put it into the pan. So yeah, yeah. Well, for me, I've always if I did crush it or chop it up myself, I've always just chucked it in straight away. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So mm. um, yeah, really cool. Anyway, Excellent. that's great. Well, thank you. Well, thanks everyone for listening again. Um, we're going to have a bunch of information going up on the Instagram account about this episode, um, which has been really fun. Um, you can talk to us there. You can send us requests um, and whatever you want to do. We're, we're there. We talk yep. to people mm-hmm. um, intermittently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're not there 100% of the time, but uh, we are there. Um and just, yeah, a big thank you for, for listening, I guess. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Mm. Um, next week we are tackling some other things. I'm, I can't remember exactly what we're doing, but it'll be something fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this week yes. we didn't tell anyone. but No, I know. If you're listening to the podcast, you saw it in the title. <laughs> and if you didn't know that we were talking about garlic this week, now you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like... You probably should have picked up on that, though, by now. Probably. Yeah. Somebody's sitting there going, when are they going to get to the bit about the snow peas? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Way past that. Way, Mm. way, way past that. No, but it's really good. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. Um, You know, uh, feel free to write reviews or tell us more about it. Um, We're going to start having the full transcript going up on the Messy Veggies site Uh, very soon and giving you all of the recipes that we talked about um, and, you know, telling you where we got our information from. So that resource is going to be available to you in the coming weeks. Um, Yeah. Just trying to put that all together at the moment. Yeah. I was going to say there's a lot of work that goes into behind the scenes. So it just takes a bit of time to put together. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Well, with the amount of information that we're covering off, it's just a there's a lot to it. So, um, but we definitely want to give you all of the recipes that we talk about so that you can try these things out um, and link backs to all of the different resources that we love so much. Yeah, uh, yeah. But um, that that's it for garlic. Thanks again, Fantastic. and thanks Tim for your time, mate. You've done amazing research as usual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you, mate. Oh, thanks, man. I was fishing. I knew man. I knew you were. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> PH fishing. Um, can you click this link? <laughs> Cat fishing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, look, thanks, everyone. And until uh, next week, do yourself a favor and uh, go eat some more plants. Thank you.